Well, good morning. It's so good to... Isn't the presence of the Holy Spirit so sweet? I feel we've had such a tangible moment with the Lord already. And it's our privilege to go to the Word of God. We have been walking through the Gospel of John. And last week, Phil began in John 14, the first six verses, talking about the remedy for a troubled soul. And Jesus says, do not let your heart be troubled. And this morning, we want to continue on with that as uh, we look at some of the later verses in John chapter 14. I, uh, have any of you ridden on a Hobie Cat? Do you know what I'm talking about? One of those uh, double pontoon with a trampoline in the middle and a sail. So my buddy Rob has one of those, and uh, this was a, maybe a few years ago. Uh, we would go out and about six or seven o'clock at night, you know, the wind comes up in the Okanagan here and you go out on the lake and it's, you can just fly. And uh, so he's the captain and he's steering the Holy Cat. My job is to strap on the harness and then there's a wire to the top of the sail and I hook that onto my harness and then I lean out. That's my job there. That's not actually a picture of me. It wasn't captured. But that's what I was doing. And so the thing is, if you can get that Hobie cat up a little bit higher, the boat just howls. It makes this screaming noise as it's flying. And that's as fast as you can go when you're up on one pontoon and you're flying. It is a lot of fun. We were in some races and that sort of thing. But this one particular day, it was beautiful because the wind was howling. But we got it up a little bit too much and the whole thing went over. So we're floating in the water, and I have to unbuckle my, my harness. And then, so Rob says these words, okay? He says, when we flip the boat over, because we have to flip it over, he says, when you flip it over, hold on to the boat. In my infinite wisdom and my deduction powers, I'm thinking, he's telling me this so that the boat doesn't come and hit me on the head and knock me out in the water. So we get the boat, it comes over, and I'm watching it, and it's clearing me. It's not going to hit me in the head. Do you know what happened? The wind caught the sails. The boat's gone, and I am floating in the water. My deduction powers were a little bit wrong. He was telling me to hold on so that you're with the boat and you don't get left in the water. <clears throat> it, was a, it was a stormy day. The waves were high. I'm gulping. There's water coming into my mouth, and I'm spitting it out, and I'm trying to breathe. I tell you this story because I wonder if that's how you and I feel sometimes when the troubles of life come. All of a sudden, the boat is gone, and we're just bobbing in the water. And how is that, how is that going to get back? Like, it's not a motorboat where you just turn it around and come and pick you up. And I think sometimes, too, as we talk about the Holy Spirit this morning, as we come to the Word of God, maybe... Maybe we need to leave some of our assumptions, like me, assumptions behind and just say, God, speak to me this morning. What would you have to say to me about the troubled waters in life? Because people, you and I face some deep troubles, and I'm aware only of a portion of it. I tell you, yesterday as I was preparing, I have not cried so hard as I have cried and prayed for this message this morning, and I think what was happening is God, God was just impressing on my heart the depth of sorrow and pain and his heart 
for you and for me as we go through the troubled waters of life. But he has a message for us this morning. There is a remedy for a troubled heart. Amen? Amen. And we're going to look at the comfort of the Holy Spirit as he speaks into our lives, as he speaks into those things that we go through. Because I, I can only imagine, I think, loneliness. How many of us have ever experienced loneliness? You can be lonely in a crowd. Do you know that? I think you can be lonely in a marriage. You can be lonely because you are all alone and you're the only one in the house, you and a little three and a half pound chihuahua. <laughs> There's health things that you and I are going through and some of us have had word from the doctor this week and we don't like what we hear and it's troubled waters. What about family? <laughs> don't get me started on my kids, right? It's, oh, if we could take a bullet for our kids, I would. But there's trouble that they go through. And I wish I could just take the stuff away and make their troubled waters just calm. But I can't. And you can't do that for your kids. Anybody here experienced injustice in life? Maybe you stepped out in faith and trust and obedience to the Lord. And things didn't go quite how you had assumed they would. And then your name gets mud. People start talking about you behind your back. And it can even get to the place where it costs you money to do the right thing. Where is the justice in all of it? These are troubles. Paying the bills. (laughs) We get those unexpected ones. Then there's things like addictions. And when it involves one person in the family, it just affects... So many people, people, uh, I know only a glimpse of what we may be going through, but there is promise, there is hope for us this morning. And just, I think what we're facing this morning, it may not be new for any of us, but you know what? We're going to go to the Word of God and let Him refresh our mind in this. Because I think what we need, what I need, is I need a predetermined pair of glasses that when trouble comes in my life how am I going to face it because trouble can really sap the strength out of our lives and it takes the joy out of living or it can and so this morning would you just bow with me in prayer and maybe just center your thoughts Invite the Holy Spirit to minister to you fresh and anew this morning. Hmm. Holy Spirit of the living God, we have... Your manifest presence is here with us. We have sensed you this morning. We have declared your praises. Would you speak to us through your word and by the power and ministry of your spirit, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, We want to do some responsive reading. John 14, so I'm going to read in the bold. And it's always nice to read the word of God together, isn't it? So, um, you do the italics. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth.
I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by the Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. All this I have spoken while still with you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled. And do not be afraid. Words of Jesus for us this morning. I've got four talking points this morning, and uh, I trust that they can guide us in our thoughts. I think the, the first one is to secure my present and my future. Uh, a few weeks ago, I took my pedal bike, and I went to City Park, downtown Kelowna. And I just sat there on a bench, and I was watching families interact with each other, and I was in front of that bouncy thing with all the kids playing there, and it was beautiful. And all of a sudden, this, uh, this biker guy comes up to me, leather vest, tattoos everywhere. He starts talking to me and says, do you mind if we chat for a few minutes? I said, sure, go for it. He asked me what I do. Well, I do abatement. I get rid of hazardous material. That's what, my job. I went, what do you do? Well, I'm a tattoo artist, he says. Oh, so you self-inflicted? Yep. So uh, then he sits down with me and he says, do you mind if I ask you a personal question? If you were to die tonight, do you know that you would go to heaven? I could have got saved right there. So I, I didn't know where this guy was coming from, so I'm kind of smiling to myself. Maybe it reflected a little bit. And I said, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident of where I'm going. He wouldn't leave it at that. He says, okay, well, a second question then. Um, let's say you do go to heaven. You're standing before the gates of heaven, and they ask, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say? Well, I had to give him an answer. And I know. Do you know, we, we were able to chat a little after that. His name was Edwin. And here he's part of a biker gang, Chariots of Light out of Edmonton, and what they did is they came and they were working with a little church in town here, maybe 50 people. They came and on a Saturday morning, they trained people in church who were interested how to do evangelism, asking these two questions. And then they decided, let's go to the park for the afternoon and we're going to just talk with people. He said, well, we're having a potluck tonight. Why don't you join us? And I said, okay, I'm alone. I'll come and join you. So I went, do you know that I heard testimony from people in that church that led people to the Lord? These bikers, they were talking about, do you know on a Saturday afternoon in Kelowna, 59 people prayed that prayer? That did something for me because I'm telling you, I've got a list that's pretty long of people I'm praying for for their salvation. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And there's sometimes I just lose hope and think, ah, is there any spiritual appetite around us? I think there is. 
I think there is, and maybe we just need to be a little bold and out there with it, because these bikers are doing more than I'm doing at times, right? I tell you this story because I think what it brings to us, it's this whole issue of, as Christians, we know that our eternal destiny is secure. Amen? At the beginning of John 14, Jesus says, I am going to prepare a place for you. There's mansions. I am making you a mansion, each one of us. And do we have peace about that? I, I think we have a lot of confidence knowing that when we die, we're going to heaven and we're going to be with Jesus. So here's my thinking. Because the reality is, how do we really know? Has, has anybody talked to anybody that's actually gone there and come back and said, yeah, heaven's real, all we've believed, it's actually true? We're basing this, our confidence, our peace about an eternal destiny, we are basing it on the promise of God, aren't we? That's, that's what we are doing. Of course, it's validified because God works in our lives and we experience him, and so we know, okay, that must be true. So here's the thing. How come we can have so much confidence trusting God for that split second? Because if, if we're wrong, it's the split second after, right? It's, there's no going back. If we can trust him for that, why shouldn't we be able to trust him for the troubles that we're facing in life? Isn't that good? Jesus says in those first six verses, you believe in God believe also in me. What does he mean by that? You believe in God. I think most people believe there's a God, right? So for the non-Christian, it's believe in me. Believe in the work of the finished work on the cross of Jesus Christ for the salvations of your sin. It's only by faith that you enter into that. But why is he speaking those words to the disciples? You believe in God, disciples. Believe also in me, Christians. I was praying about this, and the Holy Spirit revealed this to me, and I, I'll give to you what I got. God makes the promise. Jesus fulfills the promise. You believe in God because he's making the promise. All the promises are yes and amen in Jesus. If you believe in God, believe in the finished work of Jesus Christ. If Jesus makes a promise about the hope and the, the future we can believe it because of Jesus, right? And that brings us comfort. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And that's the starting point for us this morning, is to say the Holy Spirit brings incredible comfort to our troubles because we can trust Him with our present and we can trust Him with the future. Then, if we move on through these verses 15 and 16, if you love me, keep my commands, I will ask the Father, and he will give you an advocate to help you and be with you. When Jesus says something or we read something in the Bible, we kind of take notice of it. If it's repeated a second time, oh, I I thought he just said that, and you go back, oh yeah, it's just up here a few verses. Do you know in this passage, and I don't know how long it would have taken Jesus to do this discourse, 10 minutes, 15 minutes? Three times, three times in this passage, he makes this link. If you love me, 
you will obey me, there's a release of the Holy Spirit. If you love me, obey me, there's a release of the Holy Spirit. I'm thinking, hmm, I better take notice of it. What is he? Let's dig into this one a little bit. Because this is the comfort, right? A number of years ago, there was a guy by the name of Randy. (laughs) And he was a friend of mine. He was walking with the Lord. You, You know what he would ask me pretty well every week when we got together? Doug. Are you 100% surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? And he'd say it with a smile on his face, so I can't get mad at him and give him a good one. He says, are you asking for the filling of the Spirit every day? I couldn't give him a straight answer. So my background is, I was raised in a Christian home. I can never remember not being a Christian. And I, I would do my devotions regularly as a teenager and growing up through the years. And I served the Lord, and I would say probably I had surrendered 99.5% of my life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I would follow him most of the time. But, you know, when it got really a little bit awkward, tense, difficult, I'd look for a little loophole, and I'd take it. And so this, this guy, Randy, like, he was reading my mail, okay? Um... And he challenged me on it, in love, with a smile on his face. So one Friday, and I hope I never forget this day in my life, I went went to the church. I get down on my knees at the altar. And I say, okay, God. And in my mind, I was signing a blank check. I'll sign it. You fill in the amount. It doesn't matter. You got all of me. That moment, God speaks to Randy. I don't know where he was. Somewhere he says, you got to get to Doug right now. Go pray with that guy. And so Randy shows. And then another guy, God spoke to another guy, said, you got to get to see Doug right now. These two guys, I'm wiped out on my knees. These guys come. What's going on, Doug? I said, well, I told him I'm surrendering. You know, I've finally given it all to the Lord here. They lay their hands on me. They're praying for me. I was just a mess. The Holy Spirit came upon me. I don't know how long I was there, but I had to pee so bad. <laughs> and I could not move. The power of the Spirit was so heavy upon I rem- All I could do is kind of drag myself back to the washrooms and come back. Do you know what happened at that, since that time? God... There was an anointing, there was a power like I've never had before in my life. And I tell you this story, people, because Jesus is not only Savior, he is Lord. And when he's Lord, he asks for us to obey him. And I love this verse because Jesus gives his own testimony. Look at verse 31. He comes so that the world may learn, this is Jesus speaking, the world may learn that I love the Father and I do exactly what the Father commands me. And I'm going to tell you something. Many of us here know what it's like to surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. 100%. And you know what happens for us? 
there is an incredible comfort that will come into our lives as we walk out the Christian faith because if we are walking in obedience to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, the results don't matter. Isn't there freedom in that? Because if you're doing what Jesus asks you to do, sometimes I have big pictures in my mind of what should be happening and the results and all that, and it often doesn't go what I think. But then I have to look back and say, okay, did I obey? Did I walk in obedience to the Lord? Yes. Then it doesn't matter. People, there is so much freedom. There is so much release. Because walking in obedience to the Lord will bring trouble. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You won't be understood. It doesn't matter because you're walking in obedience and one day we're going to stand before God and you know what we're going to hear? Well done, good and faithful servant. That's what I want to hear. That's what we want to hear for each other. Amen? Amen. The link, there's a link between love, obey, and comfort that we receive in the Holy Spirit. Well, let's, we're going to talk now uh, and this is such a... You know, it's only maybe seven facets of a, of a beautiful diamond here as we talk about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. But maybe we can just touch on it a little bit, just to refresh our memory and invite that part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit into our lives. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. That's amazing. I love that. The words here, another. Um, I'm going to, uh, I don't have it on here, but it talks about Jesus, Jesus saying, I will send you another comforter. He uses the word another. And I don't know, maybe you're like me, that um, wouldn't you just love to have like FaceTime with Jesus himself? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're with me on Like, I don't know, like, it would be kind of cool doing the road to Emmaus thing, right? Jesus, just unload the scriptures. Just tell me everything. Give it to me in like two hours. Jesus version. Or maybe you and I would come to him and say, Jesus, what's going on with my life? This is not what I was expecting. Tell me just, you know, what's it going to be like in the future? Or you, you, we want this FaceTime, right? Jesus says, I'm sending you another. I've got some apples. This is ambrosia, Granny Smith. So if I'm eating an ambrosia apple and I want to share them with you, and so I distribute apples, but the store didn't have enough ambrosias to go around, so I bought some Granny Smiths. There's a Greek word called elos. So if you wanted an apple like me, we'd all get apples, right? There'd be Granny Smith and Ambrosias. The Greek word elos means the same. So if you get an Ambrosia apple, you will be getting the same kind. If you got a Granny Smith, the Greek word is heteros, and it means different. So you can have another that's the same, and you can have another that's different. Does that make sense? Do you know what word Jesus used here when he says, Father will send another comforter? 
And people, if we can grasp this this morning, this may revolutionize our interaction with the Holy Spirit. Because he says, I'm giving you another, the same. The same. Do you know what that means for you and me? That means, although we don't have a visual representation of Jesus Christ standing in front of us, we have the Holy Spirit walking with and in. And we cultivate our spiritual ear to hear the Holy Spirit as he ministers to us. And we can talk to him. And prayer is not just a one-way thing. It's not just me unloading my heart, although I have to do that a lot sometimes. But it's listening. Okay, God, what would you tell me? What words would you speak to me? You know what? We have a class for that here as we grow, learning to hear the voice of God. Holy Spirit is another, same as Jesus. And we can nurture that kind of relationship with the Holy Spirit of the living God. So as we approach this passage, these are the things, and there's just seven of them, and we'll, we'll just touch on them. The kind of comfort that the Holy Spirit speaks is, first he starts about with truth. Do you know, when we face troubles, troubles can actually distort truth. Do you know what I mean? When things don't go how we thought, our thinking gets challenged. to say, how come this didn't happen the way I thought? And then we can start saying things like, oh, My life is such a failure. I'm such a loser. We can get dropped down into this pit of despair, this self-pity. And we can say things like, oh, this must be God getting back at me for what I did 10 years ago. Troubles come and they can distort truth. I'm so ugly. I'm so fat. I'm so old. Who could ever love me? The Spirit of God speaks truth to our lives. And I, you know, we also live in a day where truth is seen as something that's very relative, right? What's true for you may not be true for me. And, you know, you live according to your sense of truth, and I'll live according to... That doesn't work according to the Scriptures. There is truth. The, the thing is, sometimes... I, maybe you're like me, I don't like always hearing the truth because it kind of cuts like a knife, doesn't it? But I know truth when I hear it. And then the thing is, I need to respond in obedience and walk in obedience. And that's what the Spirit does. And that's the comfort that He brings. And when we get, there's a crossover point, people, where we can, we can be very real with the troubles that we are going through. We can identify the feelings with it. We can deal with it. But there's a crossover point when we get into self-pity. And then it starts spiraling down. And we have to have this grid in our mind to say, what's going to happen when these troubles come? How am I going to walk this through? And what is the Holy Spirit of the living God saying to me? And that's when he starts speaking truth to us. And it sinks deep into our spirit, doesn't it? Then it says that he is with and within. The Holy Spirit of the living God is everywhere. And yet, 
he also comes to live inside of us. And I, I have never had an adequate visual picture of what this is. I, I, for years I've kind of thought, well, because you know some of those old tracks, they were like there's a God-shaped vacuum in each of us that God has to fill. So I kind of think of myself as a gingerbread, you know, ka-chunk, 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 and there's this gingerbread shape of me that the Holy Spirit comes and kind of goes into. Um, I don't think that's how it is, and I have not got a good picture of this, because the Holy Spirit is everywhere, and somehow we get to have him live inside of us. This is a profound truth, but it is deep, and it is what the Holy Spirit does for us. And he, he walks with us, and the Bible says that he goes before us, and then he comes. He knows what your future is. He's already been there. Nothing is undisclosed to him. And then what he does is he walks with us into that. That's comfort. Nothing surprises the Lord. Amen. Then he says, we're family. We are not left as orphans. I will not leave you as orphans. I wonder how deeply we embrace that truth. If you want to judge how well, this is J.I. Packer, if you want to judge how well a person understands Christianity, find out how much he makes of the thought of being God's child and having God as his father. If this is not the thought that prompts and controls his worship and prayers and his whole outlook on life, it means that he does not understand Christianity very well at all. People, you and I are not orphans. We are not, an orphan is somebody who doesn't have a father. An orphan is somebody who is left to defend for himself. An orphan is somebody who is concerned about their safety, looking over their shoulder. An orphan is somebody who wonders about where they belong. That is not us. We have a father. We are brothers and sisters. We are walking this journey together. And I am so blessed with that thought that you, I have so many siblings. You guys. And you got me too, right? It, it goes both ways. And so we put up with each other because we're family. And we walk the road together. But we have a common father in Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit speaks that truth. And we have a sense of belonging. That we are not alone in this world. That we do not have to walk through the troubles of life alone. Because the Holy Spirit of the living God dwells within me. And he is walking. He has gone before me. He is with me. And I can depend on him. And we can get a little bit excited about that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I think I have to scoot along here. He makes his home in us. He is an advocate. An advocate is like a lawyer who defends us, right? So the truth is Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus says, it is best, okay? This is not second best. This is best that I go to the Father so that the Holy Spirit can come. Jesus Christ sits at the right hand of the throne of God. He is interceding for you and me. The Holy Spirit lives within us to do what Jesus Christ is interceding. We got the full meal deal here. Like, this is really good. We got the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all working for us. And this is the comfort that we have walking through the troubles of life. Because Jesus himself said, it depends what you build your your house on, right? In the, in the Sermon on the Mount, you can build it on sand or you can build it on rock. The wit, he says, the wind is going to come, the rains are going to pour, 
the streams are going to rise. It makes a difference what you build your life on. So when we walk through the troubles of life, we're going to depend. And the Holy Spirit is there to bring peace and to remind us, to remind us of all that God has said and all that he has for us. So when Phil asked if I would preach, the, the kind of point that struck home for me is there's got to be a resolve in my life. When troubles come, what are the glasses I'm going to look through? So I have, every morning now, started with these words. I will not let my heart be troubled. Jesus gives it to us as a command, right? He says, do not let your heart be troubled. Do not be afraid. And he unveils this for us. People, what would happen if you and I began every day with these words, I will not let my heart be troubled? Because let me tell you again, that when we go through troubles, they can actually bring all kinds of pain and stuff. When we go through troubles, how many of us have maybe done it or know people who have made these vows because of the hurt and the pain that they go through? Something like, I will never trust another person in my life. I will never open up my heart to another man ever. And those vows are deep. And they, you fill in the blank. Because we've all had troubles. And when we go through troubles, we can make these vows. And then to be able to get beyond those things, we need Christian counselors. We need the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We need, this can even bring footholds for the, for the demonic world in our lives. And so we have this alternative that the Lord gives us by his Holy Spirit to say, do not let your heart be troubled. Because if my confidence is in the future, that I've got heaven in my future, I can trust him for my present. If I'm walking in obedience to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, the results don't matter. I am in the hands of God and I answer to him. I've got the comfort of the Holy Spirit in my life to guide me and to walk with me. Isn't that amazing? This is the ministry of the Holy Spirit for you and for me. And I wonder if we as a church family can just embrace this even more. And I am not making light of anybody's trials, and this is not a pat, it's not a pat answer. These are the words of Jesus. We've got to walk with him on it. I'm going to invite the worship team to come forward. Um, do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not, I have to tell you the rest of the story. So I'm floating and bobbing in the water, right? My buddy Rob, he knows how to work with the wind, so it's a little bit of, you got to tack and whatever those other words are. He comes around, I'm bobbing, and I get onto the Hobie Cat. And I get out there and I'm hiking out again and we're nailing it with the wind. But you know what? Here's the deal. Let the wind of the Spirit fill your sails to fly over the troubled waters of life. Amen? Amen. That's it for us. We're going to sing about this. Curtis, lead us in this. Amen.